Do you know how much money Hollywood has spent on saving Matt Damon? I think they're saving him since World War II, isn't it? Yes. The last time they saved him from Mars. <laughs> Before that, it was from the war zone. Anyway, you, you know the fascinating fact is, these days you can send a spacecraft to Mars in much less budget than what it was to shoot the entire movie Martian. Yes, that's true. And you know which country did that? We did it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to the next episode of Writer and Geek Show. As promised, uh, we have become a weekly show, so we bring you episode number 10. This time, uh, instead of talking about US uh, missions to space, we are going to talk about something that we created. Yes, so we look into the Mars mission that India undertook a few years back. 2014 proved to be a great year for ISRO. The announcement by Prime Minister made on September 24th was one of the greatest thing which we heard. It was a successful uh, insertion of Mangalyan into the orbit of Mars. So, you've heard about it, right? Oh yes, I did. Uh, it was a really proud moment. Because India was the first country to launch a spaceship uh, to Mars and be successful the first time. Exactly. But the f- uh, funny thing that I've noticed is... Yes, we celebrated. We 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 thought about uh, we thought about it a lot, and we celebrated. It was a great achievement. But after that, we just forgot about it, and no one really understood what what achievement we had made. Uh, all we know is, yeah, we sent a spacecraft to Mars for uh, seventy one to seventy four million dollars, which is very less cost efficient, and we successfully did it. But no one knows about what happened behind the scenes. So uh, I becoming curious last week, I was just uh, going to write uh, an article about Mangalyan and I was just searching uh, the content and uh, it actually surprised me what all things they have went through to make this mission a success. So uh, that's something we can talk about. Yes, of course. I mean, um, I heard that, you know, India was the country which was able to uh, send a spaceship at such a low budget. And even people joke that, you know, it's cheaper to go in Mangalyan than in an auto to (laughs) the surface of Mars. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, for a country like India, um, where the space agency is not really well funded, um, it was really a very proud moment to say that, we have successfully launched a, a spaceship to Mars. So uh, the inception of this project, it actually started in 2008. So uh, in total, it, it took around six years. After the, uh, after the successful completion of Chandrayaan-1 mission, of course, the next, uh, next milestone would be an interplanetary mission, right? So ISRO went, uh, went on to announce the mission to Mars, Mangalyan in uh, 2008. It was announced by G. Madhavan Nair, who was the chairman of ISRO at that time. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't think many of us know that India has a space agency uh, which was started sometime in the 60s. Yeah, it, uh, 1969 to be precise. Yeah, the, it, it all uh, started almost at the same time an American space agency was uh, going at the full flow. Um, but it was a low-key affair here, right? Uh, India lost, launched its first satellite, Aryabhatta, in the year 75. Yes. That is when we truly uh, became a space-capable uh, nation. But then, 
over the years we have started launching uh, we, you know building our own launch vehicles the PSLV GSLV and all those uh, rockets which we will come to when we are discussing the uh, orbital launch um i think for any mission there would be a number of objectives uh, i'm sure that you know mangalyaan also had some objectives to serve yeah so uh, talking about other space pro- uh, space missions the most of the objectives would be like send uh, a spacecraft collect some information about the yes. place where you're going and uh, those would be the primary objectives right mm-hmm. in case of uh, mangalyan it was that was not the primary objective the primary objective was to set up a spacecraft which can successfully complete this mission design develop and operate a spacecraft which can go through this interplanetary uh, so you mean mission. to say that as long as we put the spaceship into an orbit around the mars it was considered a success exactly right? so it was not about taking pictures of mars or like collecting some soil Correct. or something yeah we, we it did not land but yeah so it was not about uh, collecting the information from mars the the primary objective was just to send a spacecraft which can orbit around mars so before we get into the why how and why of the entire uh, technicality behind the mission i just want to point out something that we have discussed the Ma- moon mission uh, you know in the previous uh, few episodes a mission towards mars is much much more complicated than a moon mission exactly. be it manned or you know unmanned the reason being the distance to mars is many many times that of uh, distance from earth to moon so if sending a spacecraft to moon the communication takes hardly a second or maybe a second and a half for the signal to go to the spacecraft and come back but when you are doing a mars mission signal usually takes i think i'm not aware of the precise uh, you know uh, time but i think it's around 8 minutes or 12 minutes yeah, or something right yeah uh, here it fluctuated uh, because uh, when the spacecraft is, is traveling the antenna would point at different direction at different point of time so um yeah so it took around 8 to 43 minutes so that is a huge amount of time just for communication purpose yeah, that the, means if you're sending a signal from here you have to plan beforehand if it takes 8 minutes you have to send the signals signal 8 minute you know uh, before the real the, time so that is a big big challenge big and delay. the entire journey take to almost a year i suppose right? uh, 11 11 months yeah 11, 11 months. months so just wanted to point that out uh, so that we understand the complexity here yeah so uh, the primary objective was just to put a spacecraft which can uh, successfully which itself orbit. is a big deal considering the fact that i just mentioned right? yeah and it was our first mission so uh, a lot of pressure was on the hands of the people who worked behind us and the secondary objectives were was to explore mars and uh, use remote sensing techniques to study the atmosphere uh, yeah and to and to study the uh, study about the satellites satellite phobos of uh, Mars. So just clarifying this was not meant to land on the surface of Mars. No right? no no it was an unmanned mission which was developed to orbit Mars. Okay now let's talk a little bit about the spacecraft the launch vehicle and the uh, process that was used to put the uh, spacecraft in an orbit around Mars. Okay uh, so to give you an idea about Mars orbiter mission the the, the spacecraft is called Mom. Mom. Okay. So uh, to give you an idea the spacecraft is of the size of a, a little less of the size of an auto rickshaw okay I you get an idea everybody knows what an auto rickshaw is yeah uh, we probably we should put a picture uh, <laughs> we'll in the put show a notes. picture yeah. in the show notes yeah <clears throat> for our uh, 
friends outside of india if you don't know what an auto rickshaw is yeah and it weighed around uh, 1337 kgs yeah it's almost 1 and a half tons yeah which is which is about three auto rickshaws <laughs> <laughs> so i'm sure most of it was propellant though yeah uh, out of which out of the th- 1300 kgs uh, 856 kg was propellant the the spacecraft was designed to be a miniature was, version of what it actually should be the spacecraft had to be fuel and cost efficient so the scientists had to miniaturize everything it was actually similar to chandrayaan 1 the spacecraft with necessary upgrades which were made to make it suitable for a mars mission mm-hmm. sustain and, longer duration yes. and all that and it was powered by three solar panels and it also had one lithium ion battery lithium ion battery was supposed to be the backup power supply isn't it yes yes the spacecraft was uh, designed and developed in bangalore it was also tested in the bangalore center and uh, the cameras to take pictures and uh, the scientific in- instruments which uh, were used in the spacecraft was developed in uh, ahmedabad the satellite application space center in ahmedabad the main duty while uh, making this uh, spacecraft was to make it lightweight and efficient so yeah moving on to the next point that is because yeah. <laughs> indians always want good mileage for their vehicles <laughs> <laughs> that's actually true <laughs> yeah so uh, i think the initial plan was to use uh, the gslv uh, launch vehicle so yes that, that comes under the ch- one of the challenges they actually plan to use the gslv uh, launch vehicle to uh, launch the spacecraft and uh, they even developed uh, two versions of it which was tested but uh, it was a failure the the launch date which was proposed was in uh, october so uh, they they knew that they couldn't successfully complete the gslv launch vehicle uh, for that time so they had to move on to the, uh, the pslv launch vehicle yeah i mean polar satellite launch vehicle why am i saying launch vehicle again and again <laughs> yeah which was used to propel chandrayaan 1 so think about it they had to use a, a launch vehicle which was used for a moon mission to propel the mars mission you can think about what kind of challenge it possessed um yeah that was a big challenge um there are few things behind uh, all this which made it a real challenge actually so once you lose a launch window to go to mars uh you don't get a window again in another uh, 26 months 26 months that is because the inclination of the orbits of earth and mars are uh, you know a little different so the alignment comes once every two uh, two years and couple of months Uh, before that let me get a little bit into this gslv and pslv and explain what that is yeah. all about uh, so gslv stands for uh, geosynchronous satellite launch vehicle and pslv stands for polar satellite launch vehicle so the intention behind these two launch vehicles are to send satellites into polar orbits in case of a pslv rocket so what it does is it's it launches a satellite into an orbit which mo- goes over the top of uh, north and south pole the uh, the weather satellites usually use this kind of a uh, trajectory because they have to photograph uh, you know the complete earth in a day so they keep a north south uh, orbit so as and when earth rotates it will complete one entire scanning of earth in okay. a day uh, geosynchronous satellite launch vehicle is used to launch a geosynchronous satellite which maintains a stationary position over a 
area of land uh, you know all through so how that is achieved is by sending the satellite high up in altitude uh, normally a polar satellite orbits around anywhere between uh, maybe 200 to 400 kilometers wow. it may vary but that it, it's a near earth satellite but a geosynchronous satellite is somewhere around 22 to 36000 mile kilometers out in the space so gslv rockets have, have to be um, little bigger than the PSLV rockets because it has to push the satellite to a greater height normal uh, normally this communication satellites are geosynchronous satellites because they have to maintain their position to you know relay signal from one place to the other it has to be stationary it it has to be relatively stationary relatively, it's not yes. stationary only thing is that yeah, the rotation yeah the rotation revolution of satellite around the earth matches the rotational speed of the earth so it Should completes one with it completes one rotation in a day Okay. They actually had planned to use GSLV but they couldn't because of the failed testing. So they had to go with uh, PSLV which possessed another challenge. Uh it it had less power compared compared to GSLV uh, GSLV. So uh, they they couldn't make the spacecraft reach in an orbit where they actually wanted to. So they had to come up with another scheme which is the Hohmann transfer orbit. Yeah, so that means uh when we think about launching a object into space and you know aiming at a particular planet let's say we are launching a spacecraft to planet we think about we think of it as just pointing it towards that planet and sending it straight uh, but isro wanted to do it a little differently because we had to we had no other choice yes. because we didn't have the right launch vehicle um, so we had to do it with a lot less power mm-hmm. so that is where um, a technical homan transfer what was used so to explain it in a simple uh, simple way imagine launching the satellite into an orbit around the earth so it would be initially in a low earth orbit um, you know with a with a uh, perigee so perigee and apogee are two terms which define the different distance of a satellite or from an orbit from from the earth so perigee is the closest distance and apogee is the distance where the satellite the is furthest away from the earth so any satellite when it is at the apogee it will be the slowest during its uh, rotation around the earth and it's the fastest at the perigee point okay it is a simple idea the satellite is moving around the earth so all we need to do was push it into a higher orbit with each revolution around the earth so whenever the satellite reaches the perigee point that is the closest point towards the earth and when it's the fastest they used to Thrust. give it a boost yeah. from the uh, thrusters so that will push the satellite to a higher orbit so slowly slowly the orbit becomes really big that it comes out of earth's sphere of influence and it goes into a heliocentric orbit heliocentric orbit means orbit around the sun and this is very much carefully calculated and planned and the date is decided accordingly so that at the point where it goes around the sun the el- the elliptical orbit of the mangalyaan coincides and you know meets the elliptical orbit of mars yes. around the sun yeah one more thing the reason why we have uh, perigee and apogee is because we uh, send the spacecraft in an elliptical orbit yeah it's not circular orbit most of the times very rarely it is a perfect yeah. circ- circle but it's always an ellipse so it's an actually elliptical yeah. orbit yeah, yeah. so uh, that's the technique which was used to Uh, send the spacecraft to the orbit simply pushing it more and more so that it jumps out of earth's orbit and it goes into an orbit around the sun uh and at a 
given point uh, in time and space uh, the mangalyaan goes and you know mangalyaan and mars uh, their orbits coincide, coincide. and it, they you know meet so that is the point where the mangalyaan again goes into an orbit around mars the launch was supposed to happen sometime in october uh, from uh, satish dhawan space center sri harikota which is in andhra pradesh yeah, that's in the eastern coast of india sri harikota is like the kennedy space center for uh, nasa and bangalore has another sp- uh, center which is like houston yeah <laughs> so once the spaceship launches from sri harikota the control comes back to the bangalore center it's actually pretty cool <laughs> yeah it is one of the most important thing uh, when it comes to the launch of uh, spacecraft is that you should have uh, continuous communication and da- data transfer which should be happening for this uh, about 32 ground centers uh, support centers were uh, stations were set up around the world including uh, one in canberra port blair bruni and indonesia so uh, after the launch happens the information from the spacecraft is collected from these centers and it's relayed back to control center in bangalore so once the launch happens the first ground station which would relay the information is sri harikota then it goes to port blair then bruni and to indonesia after indonesia we have uh, pacific ocean which covers so, a lot of yeah <laughs> so they didn't have any place to set up one <laughs> control st- uh, ground uh, control station are, uh, are there not the small ocean oceana uh, islands or something between yeah but uh, they're too small and we, we don't even know what is there okay. and yeah so they, they couldn't find a proper place to set up a ground uh, support station so the, the information can be relayed so the next one would be in uh, australia so in between that they had uh, they 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 needed to set up two uh, support stations you know what what solution they came up with go ahead they what they did was they sent two ships mm-hmm. at uh, particular locations with two powerful ant- antennas in it mm-hmm. so that uh, they made it stationary at that point and uh, we were used the, to track yeah, the spacecraft it was used to track the space uh, spacecraft and uh, relay the information but one thing that happened during uh, the setting of the up of this uh, pro, uh, ships was that uh, the weather became very bad and one of the ships couldn't reach the location at the right time i thought pacific ocean was calm man isn't that why it is called pacific ocean <laughs> i don't know i don't know see every ocean it, can change its mood yeah, at times yeah because okay. yeah cut some slack <laughs> seriously yeah so uh, that thing happened and the which led to the postponing of the launch date mm-hmm. from uh, somewhere in october it was postponed to november 5th 2013 so that was uh, one of the challenges they faced right before uh, launch and uh, next thing is fuel and cost efficiency uh, unlike nasa who has billions of dollars to spend on its uh, missions uh, the the proposed uh, proposed uh, budget for the mission to mars was uh, 71 to 74 million dollars what was the budget for the other spacecraft which you were sent maven yeah uh, i was about to talk about it uh, the 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 maven uh, mission which was another uh, one of the mars mission which happened at the same time same yeah. uh, almost like same time uh, during the mangalyaan mission uh, its budget was 671 million dollars oh. which is like 
you still have 600 million dollars i think if we had that budget we could have launched around five six extra mongolians i I think we could have actually sent like man to mars (laughs) if we had that budget elon musk you know (laughs) where you should be coming to elon musk actually he commented on the whole thing yeah he's pretty much impressed by the way isro had launched mongolian one thing he said that we might have to send uh, spacecraft to mars at much lower cost if we want to if he wants to reduce the cost he should come to india (laughs) yeah exactly Exactly. So yeah, Maven, uh, it was launched at the same time. So you know the competition. Uh, actually, the Mangalyan mission was, uh, everyone thought it would be a failure. No one, no one actually believed in it. So they had the pressure to do it successfully. And uh, the fuel and cost efficiency was one of the major issue. So uh, one of the thing they did was send it to the home and transfer orbit and use the power of gravity, Earth's uh, suns and Mars gravity to move around space. So that's one thing which helped uh, save a lot of fuel. So we relied on nature's forces to propel our craft instead of using rocket propellant. Yes. Intelligent. Yes. So after launch uh, on uh, November 5th, it spent 25 days orbiting around the earth. Do so that, we- that, uh, during those days, it was just, uh, you know, uh, undergoing this Hohmann transfer and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, increasing its elliptical orbit. Yes, yes, yes. Each time it, uh, went on a revolution around the earth, the orbit, orbit size increased. And uh, during these times, uh, there, there is something called earthbound manure, which uh, which is the thing you explained. Uh, they use the thrusters to give it more power so that the elliptical orbit size increases. So six of these manures were uh, conducted during that time. The first three went smoothly, mm-hmm. but the f- uh, but uh, but the fourth one it did not work out pretty well. So uh, there was an issue like. Uh, with the remaining propellant, right? Mm-hmm. Will they be able to reach Mars? Mm-hmm. So they had to come up, uh, come up with another idea, like to burn the engine for a little long, longer during the fifth earthbound manure. So it was a very uh, tricky situation, but they conducted it successfully. So that was another uh, challenge they faced. As we talked about it, uh, the an, on an average, uh, a signal from the spacecraft would take around 8 to 43 minutes to reach the Earth. And uh, because the spacecraft was miniaturized, the signal which was received would be loud and would have a lot of noise, which is which would become hard to uh, understand. So what ISRO did was it set India's first indigenous space, a deep space network antenna, which was in the outskirts of Bangalore. And it was able to filter out the signals without the noise. I believe from uh, the journey from Earth to Mars is mostly with its engine shut down because once the spacecraft, at, because once the spacecraft is on the right trajectory, uh, the engine is shut off, shut off unless there is a mid-course correction, right? Yes. So I think that was a major concern uh, for ISRO because the engine was off for around. 298 days. 298 days and after going through all the harshness of the space where the temperature and radiation and all that stuff, it was a concern whether the engine would start again or not. It was actually the moment of truth and uh, on September 22nd, about uh, two days, less than two days before the mission to complete the entry to uh, Mars orbit, they actually conducted a test firing of the engine and it burned for like 
just under just no no just under 4 seconds, seconds. 3.968 <laughs> seconds to be exact 10 second worth of fuel is too much I yeah <laughs> so it burned for just under 4 minutes and they but were happy tell, but tell me this uh, <laughs> i mean they might have their own reasons i trust my scientists very much but what is the point of doing it before the actual scheduled uh, firing of the engine because if there were some issues with that they could do something to fix it maybe like uh, because they had 41 hours fix it means send a mechanic uh, from here to no, space no no not like that they could they can uh, the only thing they can do is send signals and comments over there <laughs> so they could have done something and try to uh, or at least they could have it. prepared themselves yeah yeah for the inevitable right. yeah cool so that was the thing so after its long journey uh, into space after making sure that engine works uh, once it nears mars the planet mars the retro engines are fired again and you know the spacecraft is inserted into the mars orbit but it's not as easy as you are talking about it there were like two major issues which came into uh, existence that was uh, while it was uh, getting into the orbit of mars there was an ex- eclipse which happened for about like 5 minutes eclipse means it was on the dark side of mars yeah yeah so uh, the thing is it worked on solar panels as right. i told you three solar panels that's where the lithium ion batteries came came to power another issue faced by the scientists was uh, while getting into the orbit of mars it would go on to the other side of mars like the side which is away from earth as a result total communication cutoff will happen with earth so they wouldn't be able to control the spacecraft while on the other side of mars what they did was they gave it pre-instructed commands like a day before the insertion mass mass orbit insertion i think which was supposed to execute at particular uh, time yeah yes, right? yes. predetermined yeah time. yeah yeah specific time and uh, the thing was after it was done they had to just wait for it and hope that it become successful after 25 minutes of radio silence uh, the ground stations in canberra was able to pick up signals from mangalyaan and uh, we came to know that the mission was a success and people started celebrating in yes our control stations awesome so we achieved greatness on that day and uh, some of the achievements of mangalyaan is that it made india the first country to launch a mission to mars and become successful in its first try and uh, india became the fourth country in the whole world to send a mission to mars it also became the first country to successfully uh, send a mission to mars from asia actually oh. china tried it once but it was a failure and it is the cheapest mission to mars at 71 to 74 million dollars which we have to stress on and uh, it was a- able to successfully complete all the missions primary uh, preliminary uh, objectives and all the uh, secondary objectives also and i think the uh, life the duration the lifetime of the spacecraft was supposed to be 6 months 6 months but it's still going on it's been 3 years <laughs> see it's, yeah it's that ref- was the, that was the next it refuses to die and uh, yeah uh, also uh, the mom team the mangalyaan uh, team they won the 2015 space pioneer award uh, in the category of uh, science and engineering wow. which was delivered by a us based uh, national space society okay great so which yeah. is a which is a great achievement and uh, the best thing it did was it made india a forerunner in mars missions probably we will be able to send a man uh, i'm sure yeah i'm sure that if 
let's say people like Elon Musk are successful in uh, colonizing Mars in the initial stages. I'm sure India will be a leading, uh, you force. know, force in the extra interplanetary uh, missions. Let's hope so. I'm sure about it. With bright future, we're just waiting. <laughs> so that's it, guys, for this episode of Writer and Geek Show. I hope this really makes you proud about our uh, Indian space research organization, ISRO. If you have any feedback to this episode, please feel free to reach us through our social media channels, which we have listed in our website, writerandgeek.com. And we'll see you the next time. Bye-bye. So that's it, guys, for this episode of Writer and Geek Show. We are the champions. <laughs> <laughs>